Hello and welcome to the Special Needs Parenting SOS Podcast. My name is Nadia Tari and I'm a mom of four with my youngest two kids having special needs. I wanted to create a podcast where other parents who have a child with special needs could come to get some tips, suggestions, and encouragement. So for today's podcast episode, I'm just going to be sharing about what just happened with our youngest son, Josiah. He's five years old. Um, and we had to take him to the emergency room just a few days ago um, because he was having difficulties breathing. It seems like anytime he gets sick, just a cold or any kind of sickness, he really struggles to breathe. And I don't understand why. Um, I mean, out of all four of my kids, he has asthma like the worst. My older two don't really have asthma, maybe my daughter a little bit. Um, but my youngest two do have asthma, but Josiah, he's got the worst. I mean, so bad that the, when we took him to the emergency room, um, it was Friday morning and today is Monday. So it was just a few days ago. We took him to the emergency room and his oxygen levels were way down in the eighties. Um, which of course that's not good. We want oxygen levels to be like ideally 98, 99, a hundred, Um, And, you know, his chest was caving in with every breath. And so it's just really scary to see that he's just struggling so much so to simply breathe. You know, something we take for granted. Um, Just the ease of being able to breathe easily, freely. Um, And so anyway, I had asthma when I was a child, but even I didn't have it as bad as what he has. So anyhow, when we took him into Dornbecker Children's Hospital on Friday morning, it was around 1130 in the morning. Um, They attended to him very quickly. I was really pleased with the speed they got to him, um, you know, getting vitals and everything going. And um, so basically, they wanted to admit him to the ICU because he was so bad. But Um, they were just teetering between, you know, well, they, first of all, they kept him in the emergency room for, I think, seven hours or so. And then they decided that they needed to admit him overnight, you know, because he wasn't stable enough to go home. And so then they were trying to decide at that point, after already being in the ER for seven hours, um, whether they would transfer him to the ICU um, intensive care unit or whether they could transfer him to like the normal pediatric floor, you know, in the hospital. And so they ended up getting it to the point where they felt like he didn't have to go to the ICU. Um, and so they transferred him to just the normal pediatric wing in Dornbecker. And so we stayed at the hospital Friday and Saturday night, and then they discharged us yesterday, Sunday uh, late afternoon around 5 p.m. And so uh, I stayed the first night in the hospital Friday night. Um, And of course, there's no sleep, right? Because there's nurses coming in every two hours to give him, you know, flow, uh, not flow, um, albuterol inhaler. Well, first of all, he was on oxygen. So he had the mask that was around his, you know, nose and mouth, but he kept screaming and crying and shaking his head because he didn't want to have to wear the mask you know 24 7 so he was 
he was not very happy, but he was also tired. He was also struggling to breathe. I mean, he was honestly, he was miserable. So it was really hard to see your precious little baby. I mean, he's not a baby. He's five, but he's still my baby. But it's really difficult to see like that they're so unhappy and that it's it's just hard to watch him struggle for each and every single breath. So um, at some point during the night, they they the nurses and doctors went ahead and removed the mask that they were trying to make him wear, you know, the full time without ever removing it. And they switched to just coming in and trying to just give him the inhalers um, without waking him up. But of course, it would wake him up. And so also you've got the machines beeping constantly from either his, you know, heart rate, his, his um, blood pressure, his oxygen levels, his, you know, if any of those, he had so many cords attached to him, it was just like crazy. But if any of those cords got, if he, you know, pulled on one of them, or they got slightly undone, it would make it, you know, start dinging. And then just having between the the beeping of the machines, having the nurses come in to do his vitals, having the nurses come in um, at another time to give him his inhalers and just check on him. Nurses were coming in to change his diapers, which was really nice, actually. You know that they were 100% really attentive to him and taking good care. But on the other hand, it's like I couldn't even get one hour sleep because as soon as I would drift off, either Josiah was crying or a, one of the machines was beeping or a nurse was coming in needing to turn on the light, you know, to to do something. And so Friday night was really hard. And if you have ever stayed the night in the hospital with your child who has special needs, I'm sure you can relate to what I'm talking about. So on Saturday... Um, Scott came and he stayed the night on Saturday night with Josiah so that I could actually go home and get some sleep and it was really scary because we live an hour and a half north of Portland um, the hospital that Josiah was staying at and I thought that I could make it home Scott was my husband was asking me are you awake enough to be able to drive home since you didn't get much sleep, you know, last night, which was Friday night. And I was like, I, I think I can do it. I think, I think I'll be okay. Well, I was not okay. I ended up falling asleep behind the wheel multiple times, you know, where your head is falling forward and then it jerks you awake. Um, and then I was, you know, turning off the heat. Um, you know, I was listening to, um, uh, someone talking like on a, a pre-recorded something I think it was a Facebook live or something I mean I was just trying whatever I could to stay awake um, because I so desperately wanted to get home to get to my bed so I could get a good night's sleep and my mom said she would watch Isaiah for me all throughout the night um, because she knew I was also really sleep deprived from not getting any sleep on Friday night Anyway, all this to say, it was really scary. Um, it was scary, I'm sure, for Josiah. He was the one who wasn't able to breathe very well. And then it was scary for for Scott and I and my mom because obviously we love Josiah very much. And um, it just really took a village. It took my mom, Scott, and I, the three of us, really to take turns. And my mom was pretty much taking care of Isaiah while we were Scott and I were taking turns with Josiah in the hospital so there was some time that Isaiah was in the hospital with me 
actually most of Saturday because my mom was at work on Saturday and Scott needed to get some sleep on Saturday during the day so that he could stay up with Josiah all night. Anyway, all this to say, I just wanted to share with you that Josiah is doing better now. Um, As I mentioned before, he got released from the hospital last night so Sunday night and now um he's on a higher dose of of steroid um it's liquid so we can just give it through the g-tube and then plus he's taking the flow vent you know every day which is something he just takes every day anyways and then the albuterol he's um in the hospital they were giving it to him every two hours and then till they thought he was doing good enough um that they could stretch it to every four hours and then he had to do good enough going every four hours with getting an albuterol treatment before they felt comfortable to release him to go home because he had to stay getting albuterol every two hours for pretty much, um, it, it was quite some time. So initially he had the mask over his nose and face starting on Friday, like from the minute we got him to the ER. So he was on 24-7 oxygen. And then, like I said, on Friday night, maybe 2 a.m., 3 a.m., somewhere in there, he just was sick and tired of that mask covering his nose and mouth. And with him, every time he would be screaming, that would make his heart rate go really high, like, you know, 175, 180, and they don't want his heart rate going that fast for obvious reasons. So that's why they decided in the middle of the night to just go ahead and remove the mask from his nose and mouth and then just switch to coming in to give him the albuterol inhaler just you know two puffs or no I think they were doing five puffs but either way they were just coming in and doing that every two hours so um but he's he's doing better now today his first day home I'm first of all I'm so grateful that we get to be back home because it's it's not really fun staying in the hospital and I've had to stay so many nights in the hospital either with Isaiah or with Josiah um and I just it may every time that happens it really makes me so appreciative number one that my boys have gotten such wonderful care while we've been in the hospital and number two I've been so thankful that they've come out of it. Whatever reason that got them there in the hospital in the first place, every time they're doing good enough to get discharged to come home, it just makes me so happy because I feel so blessed. Like, oh, thank you, Lord, thank you. You know, it makes me really sad when I think about all those families who take their little one into the hospital or the emergency room for, you know, one reason or another. And then, you know, some of these families are not able to leave with their little one. Um, And so... It just breaks my heart. And so it, it really makes me appreciate the fact that I have been able to take uh, both of my younger boys into the hospital, get the treatment that they need, and then we've been able to leave the hospital and come back home with everyone, you know, alive and doing well. And so I do not take that for granted. And I'd like to encourage you, if you, uh, if your little one or little ones, if you have more than one child, is as healthy and is doing good treasure that moment because things can happen so quickly I know for Josiah I took him to school on Thursday I mean I was taking him to school all last week you know Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday just like normal everything was normal and then by the time I picked him up after school on Thursday um, his teacher and his personal aide that sits with him 
you know, the whole time he's at school was like saying, I think Josiah is starting to come down with something. He was real cuddly and normally he's not that cuddly. He only gets cuddly when he's sick or starting to get sick or really tired. And so they, they noticed he wasn't acting himself. Normally he's like trying to get into everything in a very busy body in a wiggle room, a wiggle worm. But basically they kind of gave me the heads up when I, when I took him to school on Thursday morning, everything was fine no indication of anything that something may be wrong and then when I picked him up from school that's when they were saying I think he might be getting sick and then Thursday afternoon he just continued to decline where I could tell he was really wheezing I had to give him a nebulizer treatment um he just he was not happy he was fussy he started coughing and so in less than 24 hours I mean from the time I picked him up at school which was 2 20 p.m on Thursday to Friday morning at 11 a.m. We were down in Dornbecker. Like I said, it's an hour and a half south of us. So admitting him to the emergency room. So it's it just is kind of mind-blowing how in less than 24 hours, you know, things can go south really fast. And, and it was really scary because he was truly struggling for each and every breath. When they pulled up his shirt and looked at his chest they could see it like caving in really bad and I mean obviously you could see he was physically struggling to breathe just by looking at his face or simply listening to him you know listening to his wheezing but when you pull when they pulled up his shirt and you could see his chest and you could just see how it was indenting so deeply with each and every breath I mean like I said it's just really hard as a parent to see that and of course, no parent wants to see their child suffer or in pain or struggling for every single breath they take. It's a hard thing to to go through, you know, emotionally, physically, um, just in every way. So I'm super grateful that we're back home and he's doing good. I mean, he's doing better. Um, he's still not going to school because I want to make sure that his breathing is really, really good before I send him back to school. And I also want to make sure that, you know, he's not in any way sick, like no cough, no runny nose, nothing. Um, I think that's what all parents should do. I think all parents should keep their children home um, until they're 100% all better, not just starting to do better. Um, because, you know, that's how this sickness spreads so quickly is when parents are like oh I think they're good enough I'm just gonna send them to school anyway no please don't do that so anyway um I wanted to just share with you I mean this is this is our life right this is the life of parenting when you have a child or children with special needs so again I'm sure you can relate um I I just wanted to share that with you um as I've said in pretty much every other episode, I would really love to connect with you. So if you are a parent of a child who has special needs, I would love to have you join my private Facebook group. It's a safe environment strictly for parents who have a child with special needs where you can get the encouragement and support from other parents who can relate to what you're going through. The name of my private Facebook group is the same name as this podcast, which is called Special Needs Parenting SOS, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.